Welcome to the Athlete's Compass Podcast, your North Star for mastering endurance training and holistic health. Join us each week as renowned sports scientist and founder of Athletica.ai, Paul Larson, along with athlete, coach, and sports scientist Mariana Rakai, and coach and cyclist Paul Warlowski, guide you through the maze of often confusing training principles. Make sure your compass is ready. Class is now in session. Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Athlete's Compass, the podcast where we navigate training, fitness, and health for everyday athletes. You know, we launched this podcast a few weeks ago and asked you for listener questions, thinking that it was a great chance to ask directly to Dr. Paul Larson, uh, experienced coaches Mariana and myself, to help guide you in your training. We had so many questions come up that we wanted to answer them quickly on the next podcast. So keep them coming. And we want to start off with one from Joseph Bassani, who asks this question. Your AI coach says that you're, I'm killing it, but I'm getting warnings that my fitness is too low for the plan I am on and I should consider switching to a lower volume plan. I have the same question for one of, one of my athletes. Which is it? So here we go. Which one, which one are we dealing with here? Yeah, yeah, it's a great, it's a great question, Paul, and uh, and we totally appreciate the frustration that a lot of users have on this one. Um, and you know, we've debated with our development team at length whether we leave these in or not. I, I will say, right, right from the from the start, you don't have to listen to these. Uh, warning signs, nor do you even have to see these warning signs. In your profile settings, you can turn them off, and many, many do. But what this really relates to, um, you know, I, I, I'm, in terms of this one, that we're, we're throwing this in right now because it's Christmas time and it's user questions, but basically we've dealt with this at, at other times. It, it has to do with your performance profile, and it's having a look at you know, um, what we've put in front of you relative to what it sees in the past. It's having a look at your fitness. Um, and it can remember the old adage, uh, giga or a gigo, garbage in, garbage out, right? So if all the, the AI can see is what's on your watch in terms of what it thinks your fitness is, that's really all it, all we can ask it to do, right? So we have to we have to be a little bit forgiving to the AI in that regards. It can only do its best with the data that it has, and all that warning is is just um, you know a sign that it doesn't. It's not. It's looking at your data and saying, based on what I have, you know, I'm not necessarily recommending um, that you move forward. That you potentially, um, you know, you might so you might want to switch to that lower volume plan or it's it sometimes it's it says we can't adapt you enough and we need to switch you to a higher volume plan so that happens as well right and you really just need to start to become comfortable with these warnings if you if you're leaving them on and be really ready to just throw them away and just say, no, that's, that's wrong. That's interesting. Thanks, Athletica AI coach for that. But I'm confident that I feel just fine. 
So um, that's a really that's a really important one. It's probably our number one question. If I'm um, if if I'm looking at the lay of the land from the forum, from the questions that are coming in on our email. So you know, thank you, thank you, Joseph, and um, for voicing that. And you know, Mariana and, and Paul, I know you guys both uh, see this a lot. So any anything further on that from you? I I think it's a great opportunity, Marianne. I'm sorry to jump in, but I think it's a great opportunity to have when you, if you have a coach on Athletica, to discuss this with the coach and say, "Hey, are you in the right place?" and go from there. Marianne, what do you think? Absolutely. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. Uh, I get uh, this message too on my training plan, and I just wanted to highlight the context. I haven't been swimming a lot, so my athletic coach is saying um, your swim fitness is not optimal for this plan. Maybe you should consider moving on to the lower volume plan. But it's because I haven't been swimming, and that has been a conscious choice for me to not be swimming lately. So um, also, like if you've been injured, for example, can't run, you're going to eventually see this design as your running fitness gets lower. Yeah, totally. And like, I mean, if you have a historical back, um, you know, back history of being a swimmer or being a runner or being a cyclist, you know, there's no way that the data is really going to kind of support what, what it's probably possible within your body and your, you, you know, your speed of adaptation is going to be so much greater. It might eventually in the future, but it, we're just we're just not there yet, right? Remember that AI and these automated programs have just come onto the scene. So the best, to me, the best advice is uh, is to one grab a coach uh, like Paul and Mariana, or two be confident in your own ability and trust your own feel. That's really what you should be. Uh, all our athletes should be working towards is developing your own feel on what what feels right and be really always ready to override whatever athletica says um you know whether it's do more or do less listen to the listen to the advice but um you should be very confident in in agreeing or disagreeing with it follow-up question what when would you move on to higher volume plan I would two two reasons. One, I if if I didn't have um, a time constraint in my life, right? Um, and two, if um, yeah, if I really wanted to, you know, I'm I'm gunning towards a longer distance event like an Ironman or like a um, yeah, you know, like a, a, a Grand Fondo or something like that. And I've got some time available, and Athletica is recommending that. I would, yeah, I would, I'd give it a go, and I'd, I'd see how it feels jumping up to the next rank. Because remember, like duration, you know, we've spoken about this before, but exercise duration is a key fundamental adaptation signal, right? You were going, you're going to be increasing your durability. You're going to be increasing your fat oxidation um, ability. So if you can, if you can do the training to up that adaptation then then and you have the time then you should you should go for it um so for example if someone has extra time available during christmas time you would not necessarily uh 
jump on a high plan for one week, you would just add in more workouts or would you actually go and adjust the settings in if that particular? Not, yeah. If it's not going to be a long-term thing, I would just up the, um, up your own time of training during the Christmas week and mm -hmm. see how that feels kind of have it as a bit of a tester. I, I certainly wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't go to the trouble of, you know, rejigging the whole entire plan. Um, that's, you know, there's, there's freedom, there's, there's freedom to move within the athletic program. It's going to be taking account of everything that you do there. Uh, and doing a little bit more is going to tell Athletica, tell all those algorithms that, you know, you can handle a little bit more, more fitness uh, mm -hmm. over in the, in the long term. And it's also going to, um, you know, be mindful of your, the fatigue that you'll have added to that as well. And it might, might take the recommendations down the following week which could be good after, you know, post Christmas and, and, and all that with, uh, you know, when you're back to the stress of everything. So yeah, I would no problem for me, you know, letting the leash out a little bit as the saying goes. That's awesome. Okay. Uh, let's move on to the next listener question, uh, which is from Jesse White. He asks, when we are injured, how do we communicate this with Atletica? Do we adjust the training distribution in the settings? Do we just skip workouts until we can resume training? Here's my real world example. I've got a grade one calf strain that will eliminate running for at least a week and require progressive return in two or three weeks. I can bike, however. How do I adjust the next few days or a week first? Yeah, it's a super question. It happens to all of us, right? We all, despite our best intentions, we, we succumb to these injuries for various different reasons. And I guess the, you know, athletic is a unique um, system that, and I don't believe there's anything else that, uh, out there that's like it in that we have through the workout wizard, remember that's the green tab on all of your sessions that are upcoming. Um, you can actually click on that and you can, you can click on your injury tab, which provides uh, a number of different alternate options for your situation. So, you know, when we have a calf injury, this, the last thing you want to do is, is, you know, jump on that, right? Which is what running is. Running is a series of jumps and which causes these eccentric or muscle lengthening contractions that stretch ultimately the fascia, the connective tissue around the muscle. So if you've got a damaged muscle or fascia or or tendon or ligament in there, you're going to know about it. So you really want to be doing alternate work. Now it depends on the degree of the calf strain, of course, as well. Uh, with a you know a, um, you know third degree sprain, you're probably not even going to want to have a you know do a um, do a you know cycling in there. So you you really it will really sort of depend, and when you only know your context. So you've got to really you know look at those alternates. Um, uh, you know, alternate suggestions and they can be as simple as meditation, right? Which we know is not going to have any damage. It shouldn't. <laughs> um, but, you know, cycling could in a really, you know, a, a very extreme um, sort of situation. So um, follow the workout wizards, definitely switch it up. Don't be running and then work back towards, you know, walk runs, you know, that's, um, we don't have a system yet where we can, we can put back, um, you know, a progressive return to play or return to running program, this would be, but I would definitely 
recommend you do a run walk program first before you um, before you get back. Actually, I it's interesting. I so I'm I'm coaching this. Uh, I think I've mentioned it before, but I'm coaching this 14 year old phenom, one of the best runners uh, in at for her age um, in the area that I'm in, and she just had this same issue. And what she did is, is um, this was with, uh, uh, I'm very fortunate, I have an Olympic trainer that, that, um, that, that worked through everything first. So she did everything like strength and conditioning first to, to return to, to, to running. And what she did was basically just, um, you know, a stretching and, um, you know, strengthening type work in and moved up until she could actually hop on that one leg that was injured so jesse so so i would recommend the same thing if you can't hop and jump on that on that injured calf uh limb without without pain and it's like feels almost exactly the same as the other then you know when you can do that then you're back ready to go but if you can't Ultimately, I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend going back running just yet. So make sure you've done that, like you know, single leg hops, almost kind of like a skip. So you can do you know, if you can do skipping, you're ready to go because that's ultimately what you'll have to do back out there when you're running again. And if you violate that, you're just going to have to go straight back. You know, you're going to be right back to the drawing board. So do that, do that first. Make sure that's fully healed, and then start back with some walk runs. So that would be like. Um, you know, see if you can run a kilometer, for example, and then walk for a minute and repeat that for maybe, you know, 10 to 15 minutes for your first one back. If that feels great, you know, progress that up, progress a walk run to 30 minutes. And if you're still all clear after that, you know, within the, and there's a day, there's a day um, break between that. Um, still all clear, you're back, you're pretty much good to go and you're back to, you know, starting progressively back to what athletic has got you at with, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 minute running kind of thing progressively. So you, you wouldn't, uh, necessarily adjust in the training, like you, you wouldn't, uh, mess up with ramp rates or go in a low volume plan while you're coming back from injury. That's another great, another great option for sure. So you could move down to the low volume plan as well. It really depends on the context, Marianne, as, mm -hmm. as we always know, right? And again, here's, here's where it's so advantageous to have a, a coach that can kind of help you along with these, these different decisions, depending on your context. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that, that's, um, that's what I would, um, that's, that's certainly an option just yeah, down down regulate that um that training load or like the training volume um but remember that the ramp rate uh is really you know that's an advanced setting in in athletica you could control that your coach could help you control that and but otherwise athletic is on a on a standard it will start to ramp you back up to build that fitness again um if you use the ramp rate, then you would also adjust swim and bike workouts. Isn't, isn't that right? It would, yeah. if you're on the triathlon program, that's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah okay. So this is why so you might not want to go in there anyways. No, again, this is it's so contextual, right? So it's like, yeah. I, I wouldn't, I would continue to be swimming. I would continue to be holding my fitness up there. If I can cycle still, then I, then I would do that if it's not too bad. 
because you know that's um, the, um, you know Paul, you're a real expert with cycling. I would ask you as well. Um, how much do calf strains per se limit limit cycling? Um, you know, it tends to be not too too bad, right? You can you know compare it, if you compare it to running movement, right? Yeah, it's it's way easier obviously than running and it depends like you're saying it's the context whether if it's a serious sprain then it's going to be painful to push down on the pedal but otherwise i you know it's a pretty low impact sport exactly so so yeah i guess to that to that question mariana i would definitely try to try to have the um yeah keep keep the the swimming cycling mm-hmm. and most of the gym work as well minus the obvious ones that you know you never want to cause anything that's going to cause you know create do anything that's going to cause pain but um but otherwise keep ticking over right keep keep the mental health up there and the fitness up there right um talk about cycling we have another question here uh from phil becker and he asked i injured my hamstring in a bike crash this morning and i will have to take some time off how best should I manage a recovery week or weeks with Athletica? I'll rest tomorrow, Monday, instead of a reco- recovery ride and try out some zone two starting Tuesday, but I will back off from intensity for the week, depending on how it feels. Any feedback on how Athletica will respond to the reduced load this week, since I have a recovery week scheduled for the following week? For sure. So, you know, there's similar elements in this one. Now we're in the cycling context with, with, uh, with injury, we've got a hamstring injury. Um, and you know, the injury now all of a sudden in either of these cases, the injury takes precedence. So you've got to back right off. You really don't worry too much about the whole, you know, where your, where your recovery week is, is sitting and all that sort of stuff. Um, I know the race is important, uh, to you, Phil, but it's like, you've got to, you've got to get better first. So, um, I really wouldn't worry about, you know, this, the, where those, those weeks and stuff are, are, are situated. That is a feature actually we are working on, um, because it's been requested. Um, and, and that's just the ability to move around your recovery weeks and insert them when you like. Um, but, but even, even for now, like the key thing is to use that leverage, the workout wizard, miss, delete, whatever, you know, session you need to get yourself back, uh, and get that hamstring, um, healthy and recovered again. And, and yeah. And then remember that whatever you do or don't do, Athletica takes note of that, especially the longer you've been on, been on, on board the, you know, that, that fitness will, will, will be there and it will, you know, the, the level will hold. And then the, next subsequent session will be prescribed in accordance with, you know, the data that's, that's being seen. So, yeah. Um, I think, I think that pretty much covers it. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure if you have anything further to add, Mariana or Paul. I noticed last year when I lived in Dubai and struggled with my health, uh, I would, you know, have to do alternative training a lot and miss some of the load that was planned by Athletica. And then when I was coming back, I noticed Athletica was trying to get me back on track uh, with like a little bit added load to my trainings. Um, So if people are worried about um, their performance journey, 
um, Atletica knows. <laughs> Atletica is always calculating in the background. Nice. All right, Kellen Erdman asks a, a running question. I'm struggling to get the pacing right on my profile. My zone two runs are seemingly slow compared to my 5K times. I train in Florida with really high temperatures, but to stay under 144, I'm assuming that's beats per minute. My pacing is around 11 minute miles, but my 5K PB is 21.52, which is a 7.02 minute mile. Any suggestions going forward? Also on my profile, the level two paces seem pretty fast for my heart rate zones. Thanks again. So there's a yeah. lot going on in this question about, you know, my zone two runs being one thing and then the 5K personal best. So I, I'm, I'm thinking that there's some question about what the zone two heart rate actually should be. Sure. Sure. Yeah, it's it's a super question. It's a real common one. So thanks for asking it, Kellen. And, um, you know, this is it kind of relates a little bit to, um, you know, your the math theory. So math is the maximal aerobic fitness um, or maximal aerobic function. Sorry, that's been really pioneered by Dr. Phil Maftone. And it really relates to when you're looking at your heart rate, you're looking at what we refer to as an internal training load or stress marker. And the cool thing about using that internal, internal meaning within you marker of your stress is that it should pick up all the stresses that are around you and all the stresses that are, that are in your life. Now you're talking about um, you know, your life in these, in, in hot Florida. So you've got a thermal stress, but the same could be if we were speaking to an individual that lived, you know, in Colorado at altitude, the altitude would be picking up that as well. Mariana was living in Dubai and the heat would be picked up as a stress when she would train outdoors as well. Right. So, Yes, you have this, you know, very impressive 5K PB, but you really, when you're doing your, your zone two uh, training, you're doing it at an easier pace for a reason. And that's because you don't want to, you don't want to be overly stressed. So, and this is why we have on Athletica, our, our smart coach, the smart coach prescribes intense sessions like HIT or uh, threshold workouts, it prescribes those at pace and power, whilst all of the lower intensity recovery and L2, zone two training sessions, it prescribes those with heart rate, with that internal marker. So it really doesn't matter that you're going slow. Yes, they, the, the, the prescriptions may be off and we're working on uh, our ability to refine those using some of, um, some of our AI, and mathematical, um, I guess, uh, strengths with our, our amazing development team. But um, yeah, for now, you really kind of can't go away from just that smart coach prescription, um, in my opinion, is just so continue to do your easy sessions easy and use and just follow the heart rate and don't worry about it. Um, we've spoken about this before where, you know, there was this great story with Frank Shorter, who's a, um, uh, you know, a, f a famous runner 
living in Colorado, I believe, when, and he was just notorious where he would go out for his easy, easy trots. And it literally was just like a little, you know, an easy running, running trot. And people would go flying by him in Colorado and stuff. And it's like, why is that guy running so slow when he's, he could be so fast? Um, so he would, you know, he just, he, that's the way he would train. He would just do his easy runs so easy. And then he would rip the legs off him on the track. So this was the classic, you know, Steven Seiler polarized training model. If you, uh, that we, we all know the, the Norwegians, uh, use a version of this, or at least, at least they did. They, they, the Norwegian model might be a little bit different now, but, but you, you get the, uh, you get the idea, right? Do your, do your easy sessions easy and do your hard sessions so you can do your, hard sessions really hard I just want to clarify one thing i'm sorry, sorry maria you were saying that the smart coach prescription pushes the intensity ones by pace and power but the lower intensity by heart rate is that correct that's right yeah okay so if you've got a if you've got a garmin modern garmin watch and using garmin connect you just use actually like a setting on your profile and you'll just go there and click click smart coach option for garmin push and you should get you should get your sessions prescribed to your watch that way. At least I do. Right. So, go ahead, Maria. Um, thanks. Yeah, I I would ask a couple of questions. Um, as always, context matters. So, is the five k personal best a current one, or is it like several years back? Um, and then the other one is what is measuring your heart rate too? Is it an optical, you know, the optical heart rate measure? Cause it, it's, it can fluctuate a lot or um, it's not as accurate on the, than the uh, chest strap. And then maybe my suggestion would be to calibrate um, your feel. So understand rate of perceived effort, like, your zone two should feel like you can go all day and it should feel like maybe two max four out of 10 scale. So it should feel easy. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah. But yeah, when I lived in Dubai, my heart rate would be a lot higher with the slower pace than it is here when it's cooler climate. So definitely uh, the heat can be an impact. Uh, okay, then we have the next question, and it's from Mick. He asks, how do we use and implement power and pace curves as well as the athlete profiling? And I think he's talking about muscle uh, fiber types one and two, and how to use it. In other words, we have this tool in Athletica, but how do we use it? Yeah, it's such a great question, and it's it's very the answer is really futuristic. Um, I would say this is this is what we're working on right now as we speak with with our amazing development team, uh, Benz and Andrea, and um, they are currently so this is best practice. So if you look, if if you really want to geek out, you can go to the Peter Leo podcast on the Training Science podcast. And you can see who's actually created this. This is his, he and, and other authors have created this, this curve, which is, tends to be considered best practice. He uses this in all of the pro teams and pro cyclists in the world that he, um, 
that he navigates and, and that he coaches. And, um, and, and basically this is, you, you know, you can see on this, this curve, your, the same marker that you have in your athletic setting profile, your VT2, currently it's called VT2, but we're slowly switching this over to, to be called your critical power or your cr critical velocity. And really it's your, it's your sustainable exercise intensity for about an hour as a general layperson's description of this. And this is what all of your data on your watch or your wearable is, is, is getting for Athletica. It's seeing what that, it's making an estimate, even though you won't do a one hour time trial, it's making an estimate on what that would be. And we can see that what that curve is from your mix of high intensity, high intensity training movements to your more sustained training, training um, movements and power outputs. And that's what, uh, you know, it goes really, if you're, I'm trying to describe this to just the listener, if you're, if you're on audio only, but you know, it's, it's very high in terms of the powers or the running speeds that you can attain in the short duration windows. And it, of course it, it, it's quickly um, falls down and then levels out for the, for the longer duration ones. And you probably know this, you know, you know, you know, this intuitively as an athlete, um, and this was, you know, this was actually found by the, one of the pioneers of exercise and sports science, a, um, A.V. Hill. And he, he discovered this one. Basically, he plotted the world records for swimming and running way back in, I think it was 1925. That was the first time he took all the, all the world record times for all and uh, right across like the gamut of, of distances um, that you and and you could see that the the times formed this um, you know hyperbole hyper, hyperbola uh, type of a, type of a curve right they 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 quickly fell down and then leveled up and that's the you know ind indicative of a lot of uh, the term we call anaerobic exercise often or that sprint exercise and the aerobic sustainable sort of intensities. So I think that describes the curve pretty well. How do you use it? Well, you can see your strengths and weaknesses. You can see if you are potentially a, what we like to call a twitchy athlete. So you may have these abilities to be very, you know, sprint-like and be able to perform these very high power outputs in the, um, in the short durations um, or very fast running speed, sprinting efforts in the, in the running context or swimming context. And, and then you can also see if you're potentially more, more hybrid, you have, you might have a mix of these or, or a, what we like to call a diesel engine. Like you can go and go and go all day. And these are the different, you know, we think, um, that these are the different types of, uh, animals that we have out there in our human animal kingdom, right? Like there's, we're just all wired a little bit differently. And Phil Bellinger is one of the scientists that's leading the charge on characterizing some of the different ways that we are made up in terms of your fast versus slow twitch fibers. Remember the fast twitch fibers, these are very, uh, um, they tend to be white in color and the slow twitch fibers tend to be uh, more red filled with blood and myoglobin and, um, and the ability to uptake uh, oxygen. And they're, they're the, and we're all a little bit different, right? We know this coaches, 
like Paul and Mariana, you'll see these athletes come across in front of you, right? And and you'll just know, oh, you're you'll just be able to characterize them right right away almost um, with athletes, you know, with coach's eye in terms of knowing whether they are a, you know, a twitchy cheetah or a, you know, a diesel uh, camel or horse, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah, so I think that's, um, so that's coming, more is coming on this in Athletica to automate the, so the work we're doing right now where we will automate your critical power, critical speed. In other words, you won't really, if you don't want to, you won't even have to perform the tests in the week. We'll just slow, we'll just continually update those as we see more sessions. We call this invisible training. So in other words, you, or sorry, invisible monitoring. So in other words, you don't even have to perform a test, but you're actually, uh, we're, it's, it's tricky because we are, you know, even though when you do a hit session, if you're doing it honestly and you, you know, you're, you're getting into it on those high intensity days, we're, you know, in the background having a look at what that means for your um, critical power and critical velocity curves, and those will change. And then you will get notifications to to update those. So that's, uh, you know, lots of discussions going on with uh, with Andrea and ben, and Bents in this one right now that uh, that I'm really enjoying. Lots of challenges, which is fun. <laughs> so, and that's when your thresholds get updated, right? And with yes. with that, your training intensity zones get updated. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And yeah, and that's and again, almost back to uh, Kellen's question too, right? With the um, with the heart rate one. So we are also having a look at whether we, you know, we can individualize the zone two power and running pace. So that will be that will be coming too. These are very these are not easy things to do, but um, but we're having a look having a look at them just because, yeah, we're all so unique and whatnot. And there's, you know, we can be wrong sometimes. We don't want to be too wrong too often or, um, but, but yeah, these are, yeah, we're working on these. Yeah. And I, and I, I, what makes it so challenging is sometimes as a coach is to have an athlete that has, for example, a really high heart rate, like maximal heart rate over 200. Um, and maybe their zones have not been updated. They've been on a more static training plan that they've never done a 5K time trial. So they have no idea. They've just followed a static plan with the heart rate zones that are totally general and not individualized. And then they you need to like get them to do the test with a heart rate strap so that you get the correct data, or at least at that time point, we have to always remember that these are like point in time. Sometimes they are hard to replicate, like 5K last week, 5K this week might be totally different, depending exactly. on what else is on, on the go. So or what, if, or what if you have a, a piece of equipment, like a heart rate monitor, a power meter, or GPS that's that's off, right? And yeah. What do you what do you do with that data all of a sudden, right? Yeah, that happened to me this morning. <laughs> Uh, my heart rate strap, I, I just changed the battery and it's just, I, I think it, Samton, it's a brand new one. Um, 
No, oh, well, it's just yeah. There's just so many potential errors ultimately that that can yeah. that can happen in in these calculations. So we, you know, when we're changing, making too many of these changes that are supposed to be making these changes to make it better, you can actually go and make the whole whole system worse. So there's lots to there's always yeah. lots to be lots to consider for 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 all of us. Yeah, and and I I guess I wanted to mention that the whole point of doing the tests and having their intensity zones somewhat close to um, optimal is that your training load will be calculated based on these. Um, so yes, well, I, so again, we have it. <laughs> no, for sure, for sure. But this is, you know, again, to, to mix question, well, you know, we have this tool, but how can we use it? Well, um, and load to your point, Mariana, is it, it, it is different depending on your intensity, right? So, um, you know, does, and, you know, does a TSS that's generated, you know, or a training load marker that's generated in hour one, is that the same training load that's generated in, you know, hour two of a two hour session? Well, probably not, but that's currently how it's calculated. So, and what if, you know, what if there's, added intensities in that um, whole segment as well. Where do those sort of sit? So we're actually, uh, and again, this is from uh, uh, Philip's, um, Philip's work. He's actually working on a new method to actually quantify the training load uh, based on this. These are very difficult questions. No one's done these things yet, right? But, but we're, we're trying to pioneer in these sorts of things. Um, but again, maybe just a real simple thing that you could do, Mick, you know, this is, you know, I would just take my own data and I'm thinking, you know, how, again, how do I use my own, this tool in Athletica? Well, I can see if I look at any power profile on me, I can see what my potential is across, um, exercise, training, uh, you know, distances or durations. I know where my capacity lies in those based on, based on that, um, that profile, you know, I'm um, in the case where I'm going to do say an Ironman, you know, if I don't have my, you know, my, my duration profile out to, you know, five or six hours, at least on that, you know, that cycling power profile, well, then I'm probably not going to do too well for my, you know, from the, the bike phase and who, who knows how that's going to affect me in the run, probably not so well. So, you know, it's, there's just some, there's some real common sense things. It, it should really help. It should help me from a pacing standpoint as well, too. You can see that there's two, two lines on the power profile as well. There's the, there's not just the, um, the threshold or your critical power, but there's also a predicted ventilatory threshold one, and that's really the the line that you should uh, more or less be targeting if you're going to be doing a prolonged duration event like an Ironman, right? So that's that really represents sustainable or homeostatic uh, exercise intensity, power output, or or, or pace. So that that VT one tends to be around the area that you will perform um, well at for for your you know prolonged ultra endurance activity and we have uh, a classic example this is illustrated perfectly with uh, cindy maloney's data on um in her her recent kona 
uh, experience where she was, I believe she was 25th in her age category, just incredible performance. I think she did like a, I forget what her time was, but it was just over 11 hours and uh, in, in Kona for, you know, it was, yeah, so she did amazing, but she, she just did a textbook performance and she, all the data is there. So if you haven't seen that already, I would go check that out and you can really see how you can leverage the data, both the training, like her whole, um, her whole performance management system right into the race, as well as her pacing profile using all of those, using that curve um, was textbook ultimately. And, and, you know, and she was ecstatic with the result accordingly too. Next question. Primal Swede asks, that's a great username, by the way, asks, I'm very curious about the prompts asking about how I felt after a session. I'm asked to write a few comments about my subjective feelings, but how does athletica.ai take this into account when building future sessions? It says it does, but how does this work? Is there anything in particular I should put there? This makes my former English teacher heart happy when he's asking for writing prompts, but is there a certain way of writing these things? Is there a certain prompt that our users should be using to help Athletica best understand how the ride went or how the run went or how the swim went? I'll, I'll start here, Mariana, but I, I'm really curious to, to uh, I know, cause I know you're a great commenter <laughs> and whatnot, and I'd really, I'm really keen to hear your thoughts on this one, but I'll just uh, um, very briefly mention that there's sort of two different ways that Athletica is analyzing these comments. The first is by using Google um, semantic analysis to curb the training load subsequently. So Google semantic analysis can read mood. So based on what you actually write, uh, Athletica is taking, it's reading your mood in the comments. And there's a minor, I will say minor, it's not as large as the, um, the actual loads itself in terms of the weighting factor for changing subsequent training, but there's a minor uh, adjustment in the mood that it reads. That's different than the integration with ChatGPT that is monitoring, currently monitoring your um, that 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 same comment. So, and that's where you, as a user, are prompting our AI coach leveraging ChatGPT to with um, to to assess the the session, right? So that's that's how it is, and it's it's coming up with some. For the most part, brilliant responses. We, you know, most people are pretty blown away with the uh, with the response by AI Coach uh, in terms of how I don't know intuitive, uh, deep, and uh, that that it can kind of be. So the feedback has been overwhelmingly remarkable. Not perfect, I will I will say, but I would say it's up to ninety five percent positive now. We and you mon- and we monitor those, of course, with the the little. Um, Th- um, thumbs up or the thumb thumbs down and it's you know it's it's starting to trend closer and closer to 100 percent. so it's really it's crazy and we are continuing to make refinements based on your ranking so thank you users all of you that are that are using that feature and please keep them coming um, mariana your thoughts um i hope i'm not gonna go in too big of a tangent here but um I love the AI coach and it's sometimes seems so empathetic too. And uh, honestly, sometimes it's like 
my coach is replying to me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I love AI coach. He, I, I think you're referring to the, was it last week I commented, uh, I've, I've lost some weight and I uh, need to go shopping for a new training gear because <laughs> I, I was on a run and I had to keep <laughs> pulling my pants up. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I commented it. Um, I think I said something like I had to keep pulling my pants up for not getting arrested for <laughs> flashing and it picked it up. Oh. <laughs> it's like, enjoy shopping <laughs> it was really funny um but yeah so i try to for my comments i try to think okay what went well on this session what uh did not go as well and what can i improve i don't know coach am i am i always so systematic i don't think so but that's what i try to um teach to my code uh athletes that Think about something that, you know, um, didn't go well, what went well, and what could be improved. So three things. But, um, yeah, I don't know if I I'll, uh, follow my Those own Those are good advice. props. <laughs> Fantastic props. Yeah. So thanks, thanks to everyone again for, uh, for the great feedback that are coming back on that. And, and yeah, and, and, and thank you. Yeah, thank you, Primal Swede, for that for that question. I hope that I hope that answers that one there. I hope so too. Those are good prompts to have. What went well? What didn't go well? And what could be improved? Those three questions are are, are great prompts. I, I would say, Paul, just the the sorry. That's okay. <laughs> the very the very last point I would say is 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 being honest as well. Um, the the more honest you can be with those comments like Mariana was just kind of saying, the better output you're going to get from both the Google mm. semantic analysis and the mood change to probably the empathy or, um, you know, anything that you might be getting back from, from the AI coach. Interesting. Yeah. Cause it's, it's been, it's been, cause I use it myself and it's been in interesting to see the responses that it gets. It hasn't told me to keep my pants up yet or go, <laughs> But, but who knows what's coming next? That's all for this week. And let's keep those questions coming. Um, you know, keep, put them in the comments, DM one of us or email us. Um, thank you for listening and join us next time when we dig into thresholds that help us set our training zones. They are critical for getting our training right. For Mariana Rakai and Dr. Paul Larson, I'm Paul Warlowski, and this has been the Athlete's Compass. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. We hope you enjoyed another episode of the Athlete's Compass podcast, your guiding light through the complex world of training for your endurance sport. For a deeper dive into the science, listen to our companion podcast, the Training Science Podcast, and check out the AI adaptive training platform, athletica.ai. Thanks. <laughs>